Hello, 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 and welcome into yet another episode of Just Saying Sports. My name is Jake Adnip, here with my man, Sean Dwyer. You know what to do. How you doing? How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? It's good to see you, good to hear from you, and I hope it's good to hear from us. Uh, Today, we have a bit of an NBA Finals preview. We are finally to the long road that we have dreaded, and we're going to talk a bit about the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors in the series that is coming up. I don't think me or you really thought Toronto was going to make it to there, but now we have a lot more interesting things to talk about. Also in this episode, we are going to touch on a little bit of golf. Uh, just we really want to talk about one player, maybe a couple, but uh, especially we're going, to, we're going to dive in on Brooks Kepka and what he's been able to do over the last year or so uh, on the PGA. And just to close out our show today, uh, we're going to dive over to the University of Michigan and talk about the Juwan Howard hi- hiring. Uh, one of the Fab Five members coming back to, uh, you know, coach the Wolverines, making them the only Division One FBS school to have alumni coaching both the football and basketball program. So we'll get back into that later on in the show. But a lot of basketball, a little bit of golf. So we're going to dive in here on this beautiful Memorial Day week and uh, let you know what we think. So just just to get started off with, Sean, I want to talk about Toronto beating the Bucks. you know, earlier on this week. Moving into the NBA Finals, obviously Kawhi did what he needed to do, and Giannis just, he obviously wasn't very pleased with his last performance. But how surprised are you that it was six games for Toronto and not six games for Milwaukee? I'm very surprised because, like I said last week, I think that I thought that Milwaukee was going to win in five. Um, I was wrong. Toronto ended up really coming back and storming the series after going down 0-2, and I think they – proved a lot of toughness to come back and win. I mean, the way when, – when you – when we, me and you talked about Kawhi on Giannis, and that's exactly what Toronto needed to do. It's exactly what Nick Nurse did, and it's exactly what worked. I mean, when Kawhi, when Kawhi was the primary defender on Giannis, he was about, you know, about half as good. I mean, I can't even really put it in all of his stats. About half as good as normal against any other guy. I mean, we know how good of a defensive player Kawhi Leonard is, winning multiple defensive player of the year when he was in – uh, San Antonio, but you know, I, I don't know that I expected him to take over the series as much as he had, even really take over this this playoffs. And we've talked about him a couple times, and I mentioned you know before this series started, I couldn't I couldn't even believe how good of a run he was on, but he continued to take over. And I mean, we talked about Kyle Lowry; we thought he wasn't going to be able to do much, and look who showed up. Yeah, he showed up in a big way for Toronto, and really gave Kawhi that second option that Toronto needed for them to advance past Milwaukee, to compete with Milwaukee. Well, now, Golden State is going to be coming off like a 10-day break after sweeping Portland. Uh, Obviously had a little bit of a gap while uh, Milwaukee and Toronto were still playing, but uh, we're we're going to get into this series. You know, now we're in the finals in the East, the Toronto Raptors in the West, Golden State Warriors. I mean, Golden State, I think it's now five years in a row they've made the finals. Uh, Obviously have the experience, obviously – they're still looking to get their guys back with Kevin Durant and Boogie. They got time. Everybody had time off now. So, I mean, it's starting to look bigger and bigger and better and better for the Golden State Warriors. But who do you think has the edge in this series? I would give it to Golden State just because of the experience thing. You know, Toronto, they're a very good basketball team. This is the first time they've advanced to the NBA Finals. And I know it doesn't really make a big deal for – two teams that have just made the finals and everything. But one of those teams is Golden State, and they've been there five years in a row. They're used to playing this late in the season. 
I think it's a definite advantage that Toronto does not have, even though that they might be a little bit hotter of a team right now, having played more recently and more of a rhythm. But I think Golden State has the edge in the series, just from a pure competitive standpoint. They've been here before. They know what they have to do. Well, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, this is the first finals appearance in franchise history for the, the Toronto Raptors. I mean, they've been around about 25 years, about as long as we've been uh, been alive. But there isn't going to be anybody on that team who has experience besides Kawhi in the playoffs. And, I mean, we've seen what happens to Kawhi's team when Kawhi isn't there. Uh, you know what happened with San Antonio just a year ago when they went up against Golden State uh, and he got injured in game one. I mean, it obviously turned sour. I mean, Kawhi, I think Kawhi honestly might be the best, you know, the best all-around player um, sans Kevin Durant uh, if Kevin Durant isn't there the whole series. But if you're talking about offense and defense, I mean, I think Toronto has the guy in that aspect, but that's the difference is that Golden State has the team. Golden yeah, State's got – yeah, go, Toronto's got the guy, but Golden State's got the team. And Even Ty- with Kevin Durant missing, if Golden State – Golden State still has more talent than Toronto has talent without Kevin Durant on the court. And like you said, Toronto might have the best player overall on this whole series, depending on Kevin Durant's availability. Well, I mean, we've seen time and time again that this team game is what's win- what wins the Warriors games. So I-, I wouldn't expect anything different from them. And, you know, Kawhi is still really, really, really going to have to step up. I mean, he had a career high in rebounds in the game six of the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, he's had to do different things every single night in order to drive them to victory. But, you know, the Bucks were the hottest team coming into the playoffs, the hottest team this year, and Toronto took care of them. I mean, even if they got by to the Eastern Conference Final by the hair of Kawhi's chinny-chin-chin, uh, I mean, they showed they belonged. Taking out, taking out Milwaukee in six, uh, they dropped the game, came back and won it, dropped the game, came back and won it, and then dropped a few or took a few more. I mean – I think that, you know, Toronto stands a fighting chance, but, I mean, we, we've made these predictions over and over again. I mean, I still don't see it going longer than six in the Warriors' favor. Uh, if, if it made it to game seven with these two teams, I would be absolutely shocked. And be prepared to be shocked, my friend. I've got Golden State in seven. In seven. I don't, I, I don't know if I can see uh, it's the Golden Drake State effect, dude. The Drake don't, effect. God, don't give me that. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm definitely oh kidding God. with you. Golden State, Golden State in six, just like you said. Um, Drake, the whole that's another topic for another day. But that was just, well, we can talk about it right now. <laughs> oh my, yeah. Um, get, I'll give you one quick question, one quick sentence on it. You give me one quick sentence. I think Drake is he's acting like a like a crazy person. Listen. I understand the passion. I understand how into it you can get. Trust me, me and you know what it's like being in the zone. I know what it is like, but also, man. Come on, dude. Come Seriously. on, man. Like, you don't got to be on the court, like, grabbing the players and the coach and stepping out there and make. I mean, I understand who you are and what you do, but, like, Come on, man. I know. He was a little bit over the top grabbing Nick Nurse like that. And just the way, like heckling, I'm all for heckling. Like, if you, but the way that he was talking to just because, just listen, just because he's Drake doesn't mean that he's not a normal fan. 
Exactly. He he is he should be and deserves to be held to the exact same standard as any other person sitting courtside. And the, I mean, he not, was well, not. Think, well, yeah, no, think about it. Not even three months ago, we had this controversy with Russell Westbrook and all these other people when fans are yelling and screaming at him where he's turning around and yelling and screaming at them. Yeah, so just because it's Drake, it's okay. Not not cool. No, no, but I don't know. I just don't. I I don't see the benefits of it. I mean, of course. I don't either. But either way, I mean, do what you're gonna do. Be passionate about your teams. I dig that. I love it. But when you start to interfere, you start to poke and prod, and you know, kind of get out there. I, I don't respect that. When you become a storyline. Yeah, and NBA Finals as a sideline person sitting on the sideline, not involved with any either team, it's a problem. Yeah, and in my opinion, you, you know, you know, and you you put it the best way, and you put it like anonymously. It doesn't matter who you are. If you become a storyline when you're in the crowd, there's an issue. They're all I, no, you're in a crowd. You should just be part of the crowd. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I mean, I still want to talk a little bit about this series. I mean, we, we went pretty in-depth about, uh, you know, the last ones. But w- what's your favorite matchup, or, or who do you think that they're going to put Kawhi on to try and kind of stop this Warriors machine from moving? It depends on who's available for Golden State. I think that they're going to start Kawhi on Clay Thompson, just my personal opinion, and just to try and take away – one of the shooters to start. If Kevin Durant's not available, try and take away a guy who can go for a quick 20-something and a half or a quick 40 for a game. Try and eliminate one of those options. Try and make Draymond Green beat you shooting the ball. So I think Kawhi starts on Clay Thompson, and he might eventually – I would think he would end up on Kevin Durant when Durant comes back, if he comes back. I have a feeling like he'll be back at some point. I mean, I, I mean, we've seen what he's able to do in the NBA Finals over the last few years. I don't think he wants to miss it at all. No. If he has any chance of playing, I think Kevin Durant's going to be on the court. But, I agree. Yeah, so, I mean, we both say Warriors and Six. Is that, yep. Does that sound about right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, God, their dominance just isn't going to end soon, I don't think, is it? Uh, we got to see how this offseason shakes out, but we'll, we will circle back to that exact question and before the season starts for the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I'll just put it out there with Clay Thompson kind of getting shafted on that Supermax. It does keep a little bit of money around. It, uh, it so, does, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, but we'll stop talking about the NBA for a second and uh, dive on into our miniature golf segment here. I know Sean always complains and doesn't know enough about it, but I'm pretty sure anybody knows at this point that Brooks Kepka is just honestly dominating the PGA. I guess that's the best way I can put it. I mean, the guy's won several majors over the last year. I think he has eight or nine total victories. Uh, dude, I mean, when he was shooting at the U.S. Open, set a course record in the first round and was, I mean, four, five, six shots ahead of some guys especially at the critical points. I mean, is there, I, I, know, I know you don't know too much about it, but is there any way that you think that, you know, Brooks Kepka can keep this up? Yes and no. Yes, I think he can keep it up because, you know, you haven't listened to him before. You've heard him. He's got it broken down kind of into a science. Um, you heard his interview before the U.S. Open started. You know, 
uh, majors are easier to win than non-majors just because the field is smaller and because of X, Y, and Z factors, he has an edge on most people. And if he goes into every tournament thinking that way, I mean, he's going to have the confidence to do it. And then one thing I think if he keeps winning, people are going to start doing is comparing him to Tiger Woods, which I think would be something wrong for people to do. Nobody will ever have a run of dominance like Tiger had. And it's not fair to Brooks Koepka to put that on him, but he's getting into that range with this kind of run he's been on. The amount of wins and majors he's racked up within a two-year span, he's he's become one of the more recognizable faces in golf. Well, that I mean, that is no doubt. But I think the the really big thing for him is every time I've never seen Brooks Koepka like shaken. No, I've never seen him frustrated. I've never he just play like you said. He kind of plays golf like a scientific, systematic method. And uh, I mean, it turned out fantastic. I mean, I think the numbers I was looking at. I'm sure I could pull them up, but in his last 300 holes, he is he has 19 or 20 more birdies than par or bogey combined. The dude uh, shot like a four over on Sunday of the U.S. <laughs> Open and still won by three. Yeah, and was still the wire to wire leader. That's 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 all I need to know about that U.S. Open. Yeah, and but I mean we can talk about the U.S. Open. I mean he was he was one of the guys threatening for the Masters when Tiger took off. He's in every match. I mean this guy is can literally not just not oh it had no consistently in the top ten of every tournament that he plays in. I would say, I mean, you, you kind of brought it up about Tiger. I would never compare him to Tiger. I mean, we're talking about, with Tiger, we're talking about whatever, 80 or almost 90 wins on the PGA Tour. It's a bit different. And especially when you talk about Tiger and those 80 or 90 wins were sandwiched in about a 12-year span. Yeah. That's different. You know, we're, we're looking back to whatever, 2012, before this Masters that Tiger won. Everything was before that in between like 1999 and before that. I mean, it was a 10-year run where this guy was winning seven, eight, nine, ten events a year. Yeah. But, I mean, Kepka's on pace with that, close to it. It's crazy. Yep. It's, uh, that, that, that's why I wanted to make sure we brought him up today is because it is crazy. And if you haven't watched Brooks Kepka play golf, just turn it on on Sunday in a final round. I mean, really, it's no different if you watch him the final round than if you watch him on Thursday. So just catch some. But I'll tell you, the, the guy – the guy is a stone cold killer on the golf course. But we, I mean, he's only 29 years old too. This guy has plenty of time left. Oh, I yeah. know that. Thomas. I mean, uh, I, this is just the beginning. I mean, it's obviously not the, the tip top or the prime and, uh, and yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll cut off the PGA talk there. Uh, but, I still wanted to bring him up because the run's been nothing short of incredible, and I'm sure anybody else would agree with me. And if they thought I was stupid, they are stupid themselves. <laughs> Anyways, we have one more thing to talk about today on this, this week's episode, and that is going out to our rival school, the University of Michigan. Jawan Howard getting hired as the head coach after John Beeline leaves to go to the Cavaliers, a Fab Five member. I'm not surprised that it was a Michigan man that they chose, but... Yeah. But I'm not quite sure if Jordan Howard is the best option for them. I mean, I, I'm just going to preface what, what I'm going to ask you, but 
uh, you know, without recruiting experience, without college experience, I think what the University of Michigan is hoping is that he's a penny hard away. Um, yeah, that's, that's the only thing they're banking anything on right now. They went from a guy who was arguably a top 15 coach in the country in John Beeline to a guy who, even with NBA experience, has only ever been an assistant coach. He's never coached a game. And that's a bit of a risk. It's a big risk. And I think that, like what you mentioned, a lot more of the he's a Michigan man went into this higher than he's a good basketball coach. I'm sure there was quite a bit of it. I mean, but I don't think there's a doubt that this guy's a good basketball coach. He's been on the Miami Heat staff for years now as an assistant. He was never the number one assistant. He's never no, coached the game. No, no. I understand it's not maybe not hands-on coaching, but you can't tell me it, it can't just be like bringing in a guy because he's got a name. I mean, you're, he, was, he was coaching in the NBA. He's got to have some sort of semblance of a, of a good coaching pedigree. I, I know that the Michigan man thing definitely has a big pull with alumni, definitely has a big pull with the fans, definitely has a big pull with the university in itself. But I, I don't think that was a deciding factor. I think that Juwan Howard is definitely going to be a fine, football, or fine basketball coach. I just don't know if he's going to be great on the recruiting trail. And if he is, where he's going to do it. That's one thing that I'm I, – I don't know if I'm nervous about as a Spartan, but, you know, Tom Izzo has dominated Michigan in, recru- in a recruiting sense. Uh, John Beeline did a really good job of going around the country, even around the world, and finding people to play for him. I don't know if Juwan Howard has that sort of reach, and if he does, does it does it pull start pulling kids from from the state of Michigan? Uh, which I think he will. I think he might. I, I think that I don't kids, know about that. I think I think I think the kids. The thing is, the kids nowadays who are getting recruited don't know, have never seen. Most of them probably don't give a shit about the Fab Five. Well, yeah, not only was it all stroke struck in from the record books, but nobody, not not a single one of these kids is going to be, was alive. They, they were preceded by seven, eight years by the fab five. Yeah. And the other thing, I don't know if he's going to even come close to dominating Michigan recruiting because he's from Chicago. He's a Chicago guy. I think he's going to prioritize Chicago recruiting over Michigan recruiting, which you know what? Good luck. I think that's going to be what happens. I think it's it's a definitely a wait and see hire with Michigan. He's either going to be successful or he's going to flame out quickly. There is not going to be any middle ground with this hire. Yeah, I mean, he's got a five-year contract. I guess over under on five years. Do you think he makes it to five? Do you think he goes longer? Do you think he goes shorter? Shorter. Very quick answer. Shorter. <laughs> You think it's? Do you I think don't it's know why. Do you think it's impatience by Wolverine yes. fans? I don't think he's going to be able to produce what Beeline did, and people are going to get frustrated with it, and he's going to be forced out. Forced out, really? I think he's going to get fired. You know, not, not forced out, but you know, he's going to get fired. He's not going to be able to produce what Beeline did and what how he did it, and people aren't going to be. Happy what, what, but they're used but to I, making... no, I gotta ask though. But for the University of Michigan basketball program, what do you think the benchmark is? What do you think the bar is? Where do they set it for Juwan Howard? They're the University of Michigan, but yeah, no, but they're I, going to but set no, it. But what, where do they set it? I need to, I, I'm what is what is the bar that he has to reach or, or get fired? He's got to make NCAA tournament runs, which is something that John Beeline has specialized in for the past what, three or four years, they've made deep runs into the tournament, and and they're not going to lose him 
and just expect the University of Michigan does not understand what a rebuilding or a reloading period is. They are not that patient. So they're not going to give him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to just starting as a coach. I wouldn't disagree. I do, however, think – I don't think he'll fulfill his contract, but I don't know that it'll be a, a non-amicable split. Uh, with him being a Michigan man, with him having this clout that he has as a Wolverine, I think it would be more of a, oh, I'm stepping down. Maybe a four, like you said, a force out, but it wouldn't be a public force out. It'd be a, oh, you know, yeah, I'm not, no. I, I, this whole recruiting thing isn't for me. But, I mean, I do want to talk about some of the positives here. I mean, I've heard a lot of good things about him as a guy. I've heard a lot of good things about him as a basketball mind. I've heard a lot of good things about him as a player. Uh, you know, even as part of that Fab Five, everybody described him as the most mature, the most level-headed, the most, you know, highest IQ out of those guys. Um, you know, which is a lot to say with, you know, who else was in there, but still I, I, I look around and I go, this is a gamble, you know, it's, uh, it's especially bringing, bringing him into the big 10, big 10 is not a joke of a basketball conference. Um, no, it's going to be tough. I just don't know if I, I don't know what the, that's the thing I can't speak on. I really don't know what the expectations for the university of Michigan for Juwan Howard are. I don't know if they want a couple Big Ten titles in the first couple of years, maybe just a tournament title and a Sweet 16. I don't know if they're thinking that they have to be back in another Final Four in the next four or five years. You know, it's, it's tough because I'm just not, I'm not in that loop, so it's hard for me to know expectations. And I don't, I don't quite think, you know, I don't, this is the same thing. Just like Jim Harbaugh, I don't think he's going to live up to expectations, but I think they're going to be content with what they have for a while. Because obviously Possible. there wasn't much out there. Obviously wasn't much else out there for them to go get. You know for a fact that they tried to pull coaches from their schools. You know for a fact that they were looking for other NBA coaches, head coaches, anything like that. They uh, they, they they weren't able to take, you know, they weren't they weren't able to to pull like I think they wanted to. And I think they're gonna have to give it a second before they can reset and kind of find another person if if it doesn't work out so well. But let me ask you this: as a Spartan fan. Make you nervous at all? No. And the, my reasoning is with what we have coming back, what we have lined up in the future, I wouldn't be afraid even if John Beeline was there. It's just a right now, situationally, I feel like we're in a better place than the University of Michigan's basketball team. And this is how it is. Do you think that this changes the tides whatsoever in the state of Michigan when it comes to college basketball? No, I think that it's going to be the same. It's been the past couple of years, kind of a back and forth kind of deal. Maybe leaning more towards state while Howard gets acclimated to the where well, to I'll put it, I'll put, coaching college. I'll put it out there just before, but next year is is Michigan State's year. There's no way mm-hmm. that Michigan, you know, steps on toes uh, with the Michigan State team that's going to be around next year. In the immediate future, depending on how you know recruiting goes and how development goes. There could be something, but immediate future, no chance. Yeah, but all right. Well, we gave our time to the Wolverines. That's good enough. That's enough. <laughs> enough. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end this show uh, on a good note, and uh, we'll, we'll wish Juwan Howard and uh, you know all them the best of luck. Except when you are playing the green and white, I won't root for you. But I'll tell you, you know, hey. I'd rather see a good Big Ten basketball team than a bad Big Ten basketball team. 
Sure. But that is going to do it for us today here at Just Saying Sports. We love you guys for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As always, tell your friends to like, subscribe, share, heart, retweet. Tweet at us, at Just Saying Sport, at Jake Adnip, at Dwyer SE3. You guys know the avenues to get a hold of us. If there's anything you want to hear us talk about, please let us know, and we will do our best to get it on your favorite podcast, Just Saying Sports. But without further ado, my name is Jake Adnip. I'm Sean Thank Dwyer. Thank you for listening, and we will see you again next week. Yeah.